Hello, hello. This is the Aesthetic Vibes podcast and I am your host, Amy. This podcast is based around relevant and completely irrelevant topics. Sometimes the deep and meaningful and other times pretty meaningless topics. There are way too many negative vibes in the universe. So let's hang out together and spread aesthetic vibes. Come hang out with me. Welcome to today's episode. We are back in the Shootin' the Shit series, and this is part two. Today, I'm going to cover off a couple of different topics. The first is stepping outside of the usual to grow and develop. The second topic is why we really need to stop explaining ourselves. The third topic is my thoughts on just do it take action. Uh, And I'll close out with uh, a few thoughts of mine around some of the dumbest trends we've seen in 2022 on social media. Okay, so with all that being said, let's go. Okay, let's start off with the first topic. I'm titling this Stepping Outside of the Usual to Grow and Develop, but ultimately it's about stepping outside of your comfort zone. So let's start with pushing ourselves to step outside the day-to-day and grow and develop as people. A lot of the times this is referred to as stepping outside your comfort zone to overcome fears. So what is scaring you? Is it maybe work-related? Do you want to find a new job? Is it relationships, whether that be friends or romantic? Is it maybe a hobby or something that you've always wanted to do but haven't? Is it travel, packing up that suitcase and finally doing it? When we function in our safe zone, we will often be able to perform or deliver consistently to a certain level. Often when we meet the threshold of that level, and we don't proceed any further, it's because we've received the maximum in that particular level. It's only when we step outside of this comfort zone that we usually do see some amazing things. This is because we're pushing ourselves and trying for more or different. For a lot of people, this is the ultimate challenge. People are often riddled with feelings of fear because what if I step outside that comfort zone and I fail? But my counter question to that is, what if you step outside of your comfort zone and you succeed? What will that feel like? Let's talk about the definition of failure versus success. So at first sight, failure and successes appear to be opposites, right? To fail is not to succeed. And success is the absence of failure. But on closer examination... There is a complex relationship between these two concepts. Let's look a little closer at the terms failure and success. Um, These terms are really subjective, wouldn't you agree? Because what I deem as success could be totally different to what you deem as success. So this comes back to shifting our thinking. 
if we don't do as well as we would have liked at something, it's really about breaking it down into smaller pieces and determining what aspects we succeed at. So let's use an example. Let's say finding a new job is your example. So let's say you get an interview and you're not successful in acquiring the role. This is failure, right? No, wrong. Success was submitting a resume that appealed to the interviewer or the hirer. Success was securing that interview. Success was attending the interview. Success was learning what interviewers like and dislike to hear in interviews. Success was taking away the experience and being better equipped for the next interview. So you see, it's, it's a shift in thinking here. This all comes down to individual perception and and really shifting our minds away from these very hard definitions that we have and having a more articulate view in our minds around the terms failure and success. A lot of what we do is, in fact, a learning experience, and it makes it better for that future pathway we're on. If you do something that is less than an ideal outcome, shouldn't this just spur you on and make you work harder, work smarter and achieve the next time round? So great example. I remember back to my first undergraduate degree, which was over shit, 20 years. How old am I? I'm not going to say how old I am. (laughs) It was a long time ago. I sound 12. I look 12. I'm in fact not. Um, So I think back to my first undergrad degree. I remember my first year, I was very unfocused and I was also kind of cocky in my abilities to study and learn. I thought, you know, how much can they possibly teach me? I know so much already. Sounds like a typical teenager, right? (laughs) So ridiculous. Um, So basically for my first term, I really didn't apply myself. I kind of rocked up to class, took some, you know, poor notes, uh, whipped together some shitty assessments and uh, popped those assessments in. So first semester was a very rough one for me. Um, I received, uh, I think it was one or two assessments because um, generally, for those who haven't studied, you generally have a midterm and then an ended term. You might be super unlucky and you get maybe a group assessment in there somewhere. Um, but a lot of the times there's kind of those two milestones Um, the particular subject that I was doing had two milestones, so the midterm and the end of term. I remember um, getting my marks back for one of the assessments and I was so upset. I'm not going to say how bad the mark was, but it was dismal. It was literally like I'd written my name on a blank sheet of paper and handed it in. Dismal. Um, So I looked at this and at first I got really upset and then I looked at it and, and said to myself, You have no right to be upset. You've put in bugger all effort, shape up or ship out. Like this is not how the world works. You have to put effort in. Um, We all have to try enable to succeed. And I remember someone saying to me, oh, well, now that you've done so badly, you can now understand what that feeling is like. And you'll never want to repeat that again because you'll be looking for that feeling of success now. Fair comment. Um, And, you know, this person said to me, oh, maybe you won't be so cocky next time. (laughs) True. (laughs) Very true. Humbled me very quickly. (laughs) Very quickly. So I use that to learn and refocus my efforts. 
Okay, so what are some of the signs that you might need to start looking at switching things up? Are you feeling unhappy or unfulfilled? Do you have self-doubt? Are you feeling stagnant? Do you maybe not remember the last time you did something outside of your usual day-to-day or weekly routine? Are you afraid to rock the boat and say no? Do you feel like you're always doing things for others and not for yourself? Do you avoid doing things that make you scared? I thought about here public speaking, right? I remember for probably the first maybe five years of my corporate career, I was petrified of public speaking. So basically for me, it got to the point where I was looking at my career trajectory and I knew that to progress into more senior roles, I would have to be a better public speaker because a lot of senior leaders publicly speak. Um, And you need to be able to do this confidently, right? So you can't just kind of hide from public speaking. Uh, So what did I do? (laughs) I decided to sign myself up for as many public speaking opportunities as possible. So the first of them was we were running a team uh, full day offsite. So I remember signing up for that and saying, okay, this is, it's time to get over your fee. You're going to run this full day session. So I facilitated that. That was kind of the beginning for me. Um, And then putting my hand up to present to senior leaders um, on a regular basis was the other point. And then I decided, you know what, I'm still scared. What is something that you can do on an ongoing basis to ensure that you are pushing yourself to publicly speak? So I went balls to the wall here. (laughs) I decided to be a lecturer at a university. You want to be scared? You want to you want to be in an environment that's scary? Try presenting theoretical knowledge with a little bit of practical application to a room full of adults. <laughs> They're not backwards coming forwards and they will tell you <laughs> where you need to improve. So my first my first term was rough. It was very scary, but I like to think now I could uh talk quite openly and I mean I guess that podcasting is a form of public speaking if you like um except you're not in front of me and I'm not like shitting my ducks at the moment because I can edit this stuff right and it can sound really good so maybe some of the other reasons are uh maybe you're avoiding speaking to people you don't know um so maybe that's another indicator maybe you you've got a couple of friends and you only speak to those people maybe you're feeling bored Um, Or maybe you're on that hamster wheel of life (laughs) referred to a few times. Um, And the last might be, maybe you're afraid of change. So did you say yes to any of these or did you say yes to all of them? (laughs) I think at some point in my life, I have said (laughs) yes to all of those aspects. Okay, cool. So now what? First and foremost, become aware of what is in and outside of your comfort zone. What are the things that make you comfortable versus the things that scare you? A lot of people actually draw this out by putting a small circle on a page and then a larger circle with the smaller one inside it. And then they start to define terms that sit outside the small circle by writing those terms or words in the larger circle. I really hope that the visual I've painted makes sense. (laughs) You can Google this though, right? And you'll get a perfect visual representation of what I'm saying. So the next step is being clear on the things that frighten you. Get to the root cause of the issue. So 
I often say this and people will say to me, but what do you mean by root cause? Uh, and, and I have one, one way that I define this continuously. Think about it this way. You have a problem you're trying to fix. Let's say your problem is, I need to get rid of this tree in my backyard. Perfect. Do you start cutting that tree from the branches down or do you start at the root of the tree and you cut that away, right? So you're not going to cut the branches away first and then make your way down to the root. That is not understanding the root cause of the issue. The root cause of the issue is the fact that the root is in the ground, the ground is watered and it's growing. How do I get to the root cause of something? (laughs) This is one I actually used to facilitate training on. (sighs) memories, so many memories. Okay, so the five whys is a really, really good place to start. Kids do this very, very well. They will ask why, 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 until you get to a point where there is no further why. It is what it is. And that's what I encourage people to do when you're looking at understanding the root cause of a problem. It is to continue asking yourself why. And if you can continue going down layer by layer by layer by layer, and there are still things that you you are uncovering by asking the question why, that's an indicator you haven't got to the root cause. You will know you're at the root cause when you're standing there going, because it is what it is, I just got there. There is no further to go. That's the root cause. So another thing you can do is, really embrace that feeling of unknown or uncertainty. Uh, Funnily enough, there's an entire MBA subject on uncertainty that I taught, uh, not last year, last year. Yeah, last year, last year, yeah. Um, Just trying to remember what I've taught when. So yeah, last year, it is all about uncertainty in businesses, but you could see that you could take a lot of the learnings away and apply that to personal factors too. And I think a lot of it is really just coming to terms with it's okay for there to be unknown, but you need to be able to define the unknown in an effort to move forward from the unknown. Another thing you can do is treat your failures, and I'm using that term loosely, as learnings. What do I take away from it? And I always like to rely on the more, less, better, different model. So what should I do more of? What should I do less of? What could I do better? And what should I do different? As four core questions you're asking yourself. A lot of the feedback that I give to students at assessment time is really following that more, less, better, different model. You can start small. And you can take baby steps in this process. Maybe it's the goal of making a new friend. So one day you might go to a public location, uh, a coffee shop, and scope out the location. And automatically, the visual I have in my head is Joe from you. I don't know if you've seen that show on Netflix. He is a nutter. Uh, he's a stalker, so maybe don't do that. <laughs> maybe just head out, head out for for a little bit um, and scope out the, the location. Day two might be introducing yourself to someone. Day three might be engaging in a conversation and so on and so on. You don't have to kind of go balls to the wall so soon. I think the other thing to do is let's not make excuses. Just go do it. The excuse of I don't have time. Yes, you do. Instead of scrolling on social media, up your pop, Put your pants on, put your jeans on, put your jacket on and head out. 
don't be afraid to kind of laugh at yourself or, or take these risks and embrace setbacks and to have fun. It doesn't really have to be serious, right? So why should we push ourselves outside our comfort zones? A lot of the time we can see improvement in performance when we're outside of the usual. Taking risks helps us to develop both personally and professionally. So from personal experience, I've found that the times I've stepped out of my comfort zone have been the times I've achieved the most and really learnt the most about myself too. I try to do scary things as often as possible because then the scary becomes the safe and then you're constantly looking for new challenging things to focus on. So it's almost if we go back to that visual that I described with the little circle in the big circle, it's almost like your little circle is growing and growing and growing and your big circle might be growing a little bit but the smaller one's growing faster and the two are going to meet and that's a perfect place to be. If you are thinking of embarking on a new scary journey and you need a personal cheerleader, reach out to me. I will be in my corner with my pom-poms cheering you on. So let's go and do it. My next topic today is the thought process that we need to stop explaining ourselves. So (laughs) let's start with this question. Why do we feel the need to explain ourselves? I automatically think about when I'm saying no to someone about something, I often feel the need to explain why I might not have the time listing out all of the other priorities I have on on my agenda. Why do we even do this? Is it to give detailed rationale behind why we might not be able to do something? Is it to convince the person, oh, we're actually really busy, Um, we're not lying. (laughs) Here's a list of stuff. (laughs) Is it to ensure that the person um, continues to like us after we say no? Are we trying to bury some sort of feeling of guilt by saying no? Are we trying to ensure that the other person doesn't get upset with us? And then I ask myself, why do we even care? Why do we care about any of this stuff? Is it because we don't want to be judged Maybe you don't want to be seen as lazy or difficult. Uh, Are we protecting someone else's feelings? Uh, Or is it purely we're, we're just avoiding conflict? So here's my thoughts. We are all adults and we all have the ability to make our own decisions in life. Therefore, we all have the right to say no without an explanation. It's that simple. You are allowed to say no and not back that up by a million reasons why. It is simply fine to say, no, this won't work for me, or no, I can't commit to that. Have you ever had those conversations with yourself where you've been asked to do something or you know you're about to be asked and you really just don't want to do it and so you've practiced your responses? And most of the time when you're practicing You're using examples and detail around why you can't do it. And this leads us to be over-explainers, which really takes it up a notch on the explaining o-meter, if you like. It takes it to the next level. And by over-explaining, you're masking your authentic self and you might have a tougher time trusting yourself. So by over-explaining, we run several risks. We do value the message we are delivering. 
we start to feel less confident in our own decisions. We also don't need an excuse or reason for everything we are agreeing or disagreeing to do. It may look like we're basing our decisions on others and their thinking or objective. It's almost trying to convince someone why you're not doing or you are doing, and it's linked to this importance or lack thereof of the task. And you may appear to lose trust in your own decision making. Okay, so this is all great. Fantastic. How do I stop explaining myself? Okay, I got seven things you can do. First, say no. Stop talking. Silence is fine. A simple nope. Can't commit to that. The end. (laughs) Go silent. Silence is also really useful, particularly in (laughs) adult teaching and learning. Um, It's... It's difficult when you ask a question to the cohort and then you hear the crickets and the tumbleweeds flying across the screen. But silence can work and does work because a lot of the times people will jump in on that silence. So silence is fine. Second is you don't need to defend yourself. Make the decision, back yourself. Trust in your own decision making and your own voice. Practice is third. Practice, practice, practice. Uh, Maybe start with your significant other. (laughs) Start saying no to stuff. I'm kidding. Uh, But maybe start out in your personal life and have someone run some practice sessions with you where, you know, they're going to ask you to do something and you practice your responses and, you know, using silence as a tool or mechanism to ensure your message is delivered. The other thing is accepting responsibility for our choices and being confident. We also can be honest without justifying ourselves. Boot the need to be accepted. It's okay to sometimes make wrong decisions or for you, the right decisions. And not every single decision needs to be justified. Sometimes a simple nope is more than adequate. So if there's one thing to take away, it's the message that you are the master of your own destiny. And as a result, you have the power to make your own decisions in life. Back those decisions, say no when there are things you don't want to do and stand firm. Stop explaining and over explaining yourself. My third and final topic for this episode of Shooting the Shit is the thought process of just do it, take action, make positive change. Too often we talk about things we want to do, whether that's travel, get a new job, buy whatever, start to study, whatever, whatever, you know, it goes on forever. Anyway, we might procrastinate on a topic for some time. Let me give you two examples. (laughs) I'm going to use my husband in both of these. Very first, my husband has wanted a dog for like five years, maybe longer. He's talked about it. He's researched it. He picked one type of dog and I said to him, you know what, that dog's too big. We, we don't have the facilities to look after a dog that big. Has to be a medium-sized dog. I don't want a very small dog, uh, you know. So there were there were requirements. He then reassessed, found a new dog, which was similar to the the other dog, but smaller, um, but still had the same sort of energy um, and behaviours. But what he found was they weren't common. So he looked at ads online. He sent me a few. Um, I basically got to the point at the end of last year where I was just there going, 
if I hear one more thing about a dog, I'm going to lose my mind. You've been talking about this for years. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to have a look at these pictures he's sent me. One of them was an ad offline. I was able to go and um, track the ad back. I found the person, found their phone number, and I sent them a text message and just said, yo, <laughs> husband wants a dog. He likes this one on your profile. Um, you're a recognized breeder, whatever, whatever. Is this dog still available? Um, and I got the response back. Yep. So I was like, right, I'm putting a deposit down. Put it down. Um, I said to my husband, basically, get in the car. We've got a 12-hour drive to go pick up a dog. <laughs> Sometimes you've just got to do it, people. <laughs> procrastinating, procrastinating, procrastinating. Just do it. The other example was buying our house. This was a huge, huge um, journey followed by event for us, right? Buying a house in Sydney is already difficult enough. So we we were actually looking for, I would like to say 12 months to about a year and a half, maybe longer. I'm not great with timings, but we looked for a long time. And for some people, they're probably going to go, oh my God, Amy, that's not a long time. I'm impatient. So for me, that was a lifetime. <laughs> we looked at many houses we went to um, open houses. We went to auctions at different places. We went to an auction at a real estate office one day and they were auctioning off a whole stack of them and we bid and we didn't win. Anyway, we saw our current house and my husband was kind of umming and ahhing and I said to him, look, it's a perfect size. It's perfect distance from people. It's in a really good good area where I'd like to live. It's in the suburbs. Um, what do you think? And he was kind of umming and ahhing. So I went to the auction by myself. Um, probably that was the first indicator <laughs> that I was going to jump into the pool. So basically I showed up to the auction uh, I spoke to the real estate agents and they were trying to get out of me what my budget was. And I remember saying, uh, look, that's none of your concern. I'll be bidding for myself. And they were like, no, 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 let us help you. And I said, absolutely not. There was a lot of people. So I think they opened up with a bid and um, I was like, okay, cool. This is how much budget I have off the back of that. I was like, All right, okay, cool. We've got move, room to move here, right? And then I remember there were a lot of people there that were kind of just throwing down $1,000 um, on top of the, the next bid or 2000 3000 And I was thinking to myself, are these people serious though? Because like a little 1000 here or 2000 or 3000 is that going to win you the property? Probably not because they're just going to keep bidding. So anyway, I went down with a $10,000 bid and uh, everyone kind of looked at me and then somebody went a thousand on top of that. And then the auctioner turned to me and said another thousand. And I was like, no, I don't bid in ones, twos or threes. I only bid in tens. And so I threw down another 10 on top of that. And the, the entire place, the entire auction went dead quiet and off the back of that comment, I actually won the auction. So my husband was not with me, as I've explained. Anyway, I call him on my ride, my drive home to our place that we were renting. And I was like, oh, guess what? I bought a house. Dead silence. Dead silence. He said to me that he got this feeling of like his whole body, like 
really hot and all these like prickles on his skin and then he felt like he was going to faint realizing that we now have a mortgage so the point is with both of these examples procrastination will be the death of you sometimes we just need to do it with the dog what's the worst that's gonna happen it's a shit dog he's the worst <laughs> i mean come on he's a jerk he can be so jerky he's a puppy so we give him you know we give him a little leeway but he's a little jerk he bites and jumps and tears things apart he's like a, a whirlwind he's like the tasmanian devil of destruction and everything he crosses is completely chewed into a million pieces and on the house thing there's only so many houses you can look at and then you get a good feeling for the one that you want and you're like, you know what, let's just do this. Let's just freaking do this. So we can continue talking about things or we can just take action and bloody well do it. Here's what you need to know about procrastination. Procrastination is the act of unnecessarily postponing decisions or actions. We procrastinate because factors such as anxiety and fear of failure often outweigh motivation and self-control. You can overcome procrastination. There are techniques that you can use to deal with and will help you minimize the amount of procrastination you have in your life. If you want to stop procrastinating in the long term, first things first, you have to work out what are your goals and they need to be clearly defined. You need to also be able to accomplish them and they need to be significant enough to allow you to achieve meaningful progress. I have found the best way to understand your goals and make sure they're clearly defined is to have very, very specific statements filled with data, facts, and figures. It needs to be very, very specific and very clear. I used to train people on writing a problem statement. This is a similar thing, right? Um, instead of, I want to lose weight, a better statement is, I'd like to lose five kilos by the end of August 2022 um, and then a further five by the end of September 2022. My goal is to lose 1.5 kilos each week, totaling whatever, whatever. You get the point, right? Specific. Figure out how, when and why you procrastinate. And this is looking at the situations where your tendency to postpone things is preventing you from achieving your goals. Then we create a plan of action based on these relevant anti-procrastination techniques while taking into account both your goals as well as the nature of the procrastination. You then go away and you implement the plan and you've got to monitor that progress. Make sure to refine your approach by figuring out which techniques work for you and which don't. Monitoring of progress is critical. Anytime I, in the workplace, in, in the corporate environment, any time that I implemented change, there was always a point for me where I went back to monitor the progress of the change. And I used to do this at three, six, nine, and 12 month periods. This is to ensure that the changes don't just automatically roll back to before the change was implemented. Um, so this monitoring of progress is critical. It's fine to go ahead and make a change, but you will only see success if you look at the benchmark from where you started and where you want to be, and then your progression between those two. 
So what are some other things? You can break down large tasks into smaller actionable pieces. I've had many a student contact me and say, Amy, I don't know where to start with this assessment. Okay, break it down. If I'm asking you to do, use any example, a case study analysis on an organization, break it down. I'm going to want to hear what are the problems. I'm going to want to hear the root cause of the problems. I'm going to want to hear recommendations, areas uh, that I've researched. Like, you know, break it down. Break it down. The other thing is to set hard deadlines for yourself. Set deadlines that you will not move (laughs) under no circumstances. Eliminate any distractions from the environment, i.e. put your bloody phone away. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) Um, I was also told a way to eliminate procrastination is to always start with the hardest task of the day because once you've accomplished that, everything else feels easy. We also need to reward ourselves for things that we do accomplish. We're also allowed to make mistakes. (laughs) This happens, right? We're human. We need to visualize future self. So the future Amy, what does she look like? And focus on the goals rather than tasks. Let's talk about taking action on things that have been bothering you. It's great to have people in your life that you can use as a soundboard or to vent to. But there will be a point where those people become sick of hearing the same record on repeat. People get sick of hearing it. It's totally fine to have those venting moments, um, but people will get sick of hearing the same things over and over with no plan of action. So really make sure that you're not draining those around you. And if you're identifying, look, hey, I'm complaining about work a lot. Okay. All right. There's something you've got to do there then, right? In a lot of instances, it's about taking that leap of faith believing in our abilities to change and grow and just doing it. As with every episode, we end with a lighter topic and today is no different. (sighs) We've spoken about social media. It is changing the environment, the community and the society that we live in and the world as we see it. I have found some truly stupid social media challenges that we just need to get rid of. So I'm going to run you through five of the dumbest. um, And then I'm just going to throw down something else that's kind of annoying me at the moment. (laughs) So let's start with these stupid social media challenges, if you like. Um, So there's one called the uh, coronavirus trend, and this is where people are going out into public locations, such as trains and buses, and they're licking the poles (laughs) that people are putting their hands on. There was one girl who licked a toilet seat. I saw the pictures. It's fucking disgusting. The hope is that they will obtain COVID or can show that you can't get COVID from doing any of this. Okay. COVID's shit. I had it, but I think I had it for, I think I had it for about seven days and three were really bad and the rest, it was just a cold, right? But leaking a toilet seat, there are worse things than COVID that have probably been on that seat, including wee and poo particles. Um, 
I would classify a lot of that stuff and other filthy diseases, right? Filthy diseases. I would classify some of that stuff worse than COVID. At the moment, the the flu seems to be worse than COVID. Um, so I will not be licking anything. And I think these morons should stop licking shit in trying to get COVID. There's another one called the sunburn challenge. People are drawing shapes on themselves with sunscreen. Then they're going out and burning themselves to a crisp and then wiping the sunscreen off. And then they have this cool shape there. I saw a girl did like a feather. I saw someone else do like a sun. Cool. So let's think a little broadly. This Australian sun is, uh, she's a horrible mistress. And in the summer, she will burn you to a crisp in no time. Skin cancer, guys. Skin cancer. Major concern. Let's not be burning ourselves to a crisp because there is a high likelihood that you will get skin cancer. And if you do this in Australia, you're an idiot. Next is the salt ice challenge. This is as dumb as it sounds. You put salt on your skin and then you place an ice cube on top of it. The salt causes the temperature of the ice to drop even further and it burns your skin. The point of this challenge is to see how long you can take the pain for. Some people have suffered mild burns. Others get this third degree burns. For the love of God, people, what possesses someone to do this? Third degree burns. I burnt my hand in two places uh, about a week ago. And like it's blistering and every time I touch something, it rips the actual um, burns open again where the skin is. That is shit. Why would you willingly do this? Burns hurt people. They hurt. Another stupid and dangerous challenge is the bird box challenge. This is where people are blindfolding themselves and doing tasks. So um, if you remember the Sandra Bullock movie Bird Box where they couldn't look what was it? You couldn't look at something because then it would possess you and some shit would happen. They wore eye masks and they were like rowing up a creek and then navigating their way through um, a forest to get to the land of safety or some shit, right? For the most part, people doing, you know, silly stuff around the house, putting a blindfold on and walking around and bumping into stuff. Okay, it's not, it's not that great big a deal. But shit gets real when famous, and I'm using air quotes because these people are not famous. These people are, look, they're an influence on younger people. Um, they've got big platforms. So, so the term famous isn't right. I would just say maybe influential. These people have been doing the Bird Box Challenge while driving cars. I don't think I need to say anything else. Um, but what that does is encourage people to do more and more dangerous things in the efforts of securing followers and likes and a platform of their own in the hopes that they can, you know, imitate the life of these people. Absolutely ridiculous. Let's leave that one there because I don't want to get angry. This is supposed to be lighter. We're talking about stupidity. Um, but there's so many. There's, there's stuff like setting yourself on fire for as long as possible, dumping boiling water on people. Uh, there's planking still going around. Planking's like... 10 years old, right? There's car surfing, the cha-cha slide. There is no shortage of stupid online. Okay, so this isn't a stupid social media trend. However, this deserves its own 30-second spiel. Is anyone else super confused with the 2000s fashion 
that has, and I'm using air quotes again, come back into fashion. Close air quotes. Low-waisted jeans, weird low belts, layered tops with lace, frosted lip gloss. (laughs) I'm not laughing at that. I'm laughing at my own laugh that just came out. That was horrific. Lace-up pants, popcorn shirts. Saw a picture of Katy Perry with one on. It's a recent um, like post on her Instagram or some shit. It's so embarrassing. And like, I also saw some uh, head-to-toe denim, which was a thing maybe about like eight years ago, and it's come back around again. Okay, the two thousand stuff was shit at the time, and it's shit again now. It it wasn't great. I I don't want to go back there. I don't want to see this stuff. And all these young people are shopping at op shops and uh, or what do you call them? Thrift shops in America. And they're like boasting about all these 2000s clothing and shit that they're getting for cheap. Bro, (laughs) you're getting it for cheap because millennials like myself have thrown that shit out and wouldn't be caught dead wearing it. (laughs) So I look at 2000s fashion and... I just get like this cold chill that runs down my spine and this inherent feeling of wanting to go into the corner of a room and rock back and forth in the fetal position. This is just nightmare material for me. It's a firm no. It's a firm no. Well, that's a wrap. I really hope that you enjoyed today's Shootin' the Shit Part 2. And I hope that I've encouraged you to really think about the topics that I've discussed and assess yourselves against them and go, you know what, it is time for me to take action. Or, you know what, I'm not going to explain myself. When I say no, no is no. No's enough. And I hope you enjoyed my little closing, some of the stupid social media challenges. I'm interested if you know any that you want to share with me, drop me an email. I'll be happy to chat about the stupidity that is the internet challenges. Okay, join me next episode where we once again venture back into the spooky series. I feel like it's time for us to go back there. Also worth noting, I am in a new recording setup. Well, it's not overly new it's my beauty room cleaned up now with desk space I've also got uh, sound protection now um, and I'll be making some little minor tweaks to my audio um, in the hopes of just making it even better quality for you something's outside of my control I'm hearing birds chirping I do live in the suburbs in Sydney I also heard my neighbors arguing I think I spoke loud enough that you wouldn't be able to hear that. <laughs> I can minimize the background noise. But yeah, so the, the audio should be improving as we progressively go. Okay, anyway, that's it from me today. In the meantime, let's hang out on social media. Hit me up at Aesthetic Vibes Pod or drop me an email at Aesthetic Vibes Podcast at Outlook.com. You can visit my awesome website aestheticvibespodcast.com. I'm on TikTok. So it's my name. So search for my name and you will likely find me. We're having a lot of fun filming TikToks. So um, yeah, if you want to laugh, come by. Anyway, until next time, 
Bye-bye.